When Catherine Miller was diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer in 2014, her partner Peter Rukavina did what came naturally to the web developer and blogger he wrote. He created an email newsletter for family and friends documenting the treatment, the ups and the downs through the next five years. Catherine died early in 2020. And now Peter is sharing those dispatches in a new book, a chronicle of a family living with incurable cancer. It's called Using Her Marbles. And Peter joins me now by Skype. Hi, Peter. Hi, Matt. I love that you did this, and I think it's going to help a lot of people who are faced with a diagnosis. At what point did you decide you wanted to share these? Recently, I guess, you know, as you said, Catherine died in January. So Mm -hmm. I've spent a year learning what grief is like. And certainly I wasn't I wasn't ready to revisit these words, you know, for for the larger part of this year. But as as the summer drew on and I kind of began to see some light out of the darkness, I guess, I started to realize that maybe these words, which I really did write just for friends and family and to avoid ultimately Catherine having to explain how things were going to everyone, you know, 15, 20 times over. I realized thinking back that maybe they would have been useful to me, you know, if I'd had somebody else's words kind of not giving me a blow by blow as to what was going to happen to Catherine and to us, because that's impossible. Every, every cancer journey is unique, but just a sketch of the terrain that was to come, Mm. I would have found that useful because I think, and this is something I've heard from a lot of caregivers uh, in families of people living with cancer is that it's, it's the fear of the unknown. It's the loneliness. It's the feeling like this is a journey that you're the only one who knows anything about. And so I think trying to, I guess, reach out a hand to those who are going to go down the same path, I think is, is what was behind this. And, and as I said, it took me a while to get to the point where I could do that. And still, I mean, it's one of the things I've learned is that editing a book and designing a book means you have to become very intimate with words. So it's been a challenge, a healing challenge, I would say, but a challenge nonetheless in in rereading these words time and time again over the recent weeks. I was going to ask you about that, Peter. What was it like to go back and revisit? Because these are really journal entries. They're diary entries. They're marking points along this path. Yeah, I mean, on on one level, you know, because I wrote these in the heat of the moment, often just having come home from the cancer treatment center, having met with the doctor and wanting to update family, they weren't written for an audience other than friends and family. And so, you know, the editor and the perfectionist in me thinks, oh, why couldn't I go back and, and edit these? But, I, you know, I want to be true to the form. And I think the oopsie daisies and the bumbliness of the of the writing in some cases conveys the the duress of the times. I also found that I'd forgotten a lot of things, especially, you know, toward the end of last year when when Catherine slowly took a turn for the worse. Rereading the things that I wrote during those times has been a revelation to me. It's in some ways it's news to me. I mean, I vaguely remember being there, but as a character in the story, not as the author. That act of of writing, of expressing yourself through this, how important was that to deal with the reality of the situation for you? Well, in some ways, I'm I'm old hand at this. You know, I've been writing a blog very publicly for 20 years. And so that has become, over time, part of my DNA. It's part of how I've processed being a father and, uh, you know, being involved in organizations I've been in and just kind of living. And so... It was not 
unusual for me to seek solace in writing. And that's that's the kind of ulterior, not so altruistic motive in this. Although it really was a, a newsletter for friends and family, it was also a way for me to process everything that had happened, to write it down, I think, allowed me to receive some distance from it, I guess I might say, but also just kind of made it made it more true and and created a record of it. I mean, I when I the other thing that I'm struck by when I go back and and read this is I have no idea how we did all that. I mean, hmm. it's just it amazes me. And that's I mean, although this is a sad tale, you know, Catherine dies in the end, it it gives me a sense of pride for us as a family, as a household that we that we went through all that and that there was as much life in those 5 years as there was despite all the hell. There is a lot of life in those five years, and the cover shows a, a smiling photo of Catherine, and there are many photos like that in the book, in stories that capture the the spirit of someone who was, in fact, living with cancer, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the photo on the cover of the book is Catherine wearing a knitted poncho with a backpack on her back in the fall of 2016, two years into her diagnosis, about to head off to a participatory democracy conference in Spain with no health insurance, you know, and that was such a wonderful thing for her to be able to do. Uh, a window opened up in her treatment that allowed that to happen. You know, it was the last trip that she was able to take. She did it on her own. Yeah, it was it was a fantastic thing. And I think Catherine resisted all attempts to characterize her cancer as a battle or a fight. You know, she she owned her cancer. Her cancer was something that she was living with. And she took that very seriously. And she continued to work and she continued to be a partner and a mother and a member of a community and and a friend and a drinker of coffee and tea and then someone who would go out to dinner with people. And although it was horribly, horribly hard at times, you know, she was able to find a way to to keep on going. And it's called Using Her Marbles. Could you tell us the reason behind that, Peter? Yeah, Catherine on the internet came across a kind of a metaphor for dealing with any weighty situation. I think it was specific to cancer in this case. And and it was at a time that she was just feeling completely sapped of energy. You know, she was prone to staying in bed if she if she could have pulled it off. And and the metaphor was that you start the day with a certain number of marbles, let's say a hundred, and and over the course of the day, you know, getting up on some days might take 50 of those marbles and mm. and making lunch might take another 25. And at some point in the day, you're going to run out of marbles. And so the idea was that you ration your marbles. And if a friend says, hey, do you want to go for coffee? And you realize that's going to use up 30 of your marbles. Well, maybe you spend your marbles on that. Or maybe you say, well, no, maybe another day. So, And I think Catherine did effectively use her marbles over those mm. over those five years. And that metaphor helped her manage. So it, it seemed like a good metaphor to, to apply to the whole journey that she was on. And as you mentioned, Peter, everybody's cancer experience is different for everyone and every family. This book chronicles your family's experience. What is your message to someone out there right now, someone whose family is perhaps dealing with a diagnosis or dealing with this experience right now? If there was any larger message, it's that talking about cancer talking about cancer treatment, talking about death, talking about grief is better than not talking about it. And that's something that I, it, it took me a while to learn that. 
at times where my mental health was on edge over this journey, more often than not, it's because I was keeping things bottled up. And, and when I had a chance to either write about them or talk to someone about them, that was helpful. And so I'm not suggesting everyone needs to write a book about their experiences, but but talking is better than than not talking. And, you know, when things took a turn for the worse, often our road out of it was either to talk to one another or for us to talk to professional help sometimes, to talk to a pastor. I think that's that's kind of what the message of the book is underlying. I know it was around this time last year that your your father passed away and then and then Catherine died in January. Of course, it's been such an odd 2020. How are you and Oliver doing now, your son Oliver? We're doing okay. You know, Catherine's greatest worry almost from the minute she was diagnosed was Oliver, understandably. You know, within a few days of of her diagnosis with incurable metastatic breast cancer, she came across to St. Paul's Parish Hall a parish we weren't really affiliated with other than as a neighbor and and talked to John Clark and and asked him if she could hold her memorial service or her, if her memorial service could be held here. Yeah. Her rationale being it's right across the street from our house and if Oliver needed to escape, he could escape home. And, you know, for the following five years, her mind was never far from what, what becomes of my son after I'm gone. The pleasant surprise that I have found is that Oliver has has survived and I have survived and Oliver has been a great, great aid to me. He helped me get through January and February and March and April. I hoped I've helped him a little bit too. But, you know, we've we've made our way. We have talked as we talked all through, you know, Catherine's diagnosis and, and illness. Yeah, I think I think we're doing OK. And again, you know, we've. We've by times talked to psychologists. I've uh, been participating in a grief group. You know, I think it's it's been helpful to realize that we're not the first people down this road. We mm-hmm. won't be the last people down this road and that there are resources and others out there and that sometimes just saying things out loud can be so, so helpful. Well, and that's what you've done with this book, Peter, and I, I, I really appreciate that you've done this and appreciate your openness. And, and where can people find this book? They can get it at the bookmark. Uh, There are copies there now. Drop into the store or or give them a call and they'll help you out. Really great to talk with you, Peter. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. It's Peter Rukavina. The book is called Using Her Marbles, Chronicles of a Family Living with Incurable Cancer. 